0: Good evening an agreement on the budget that may preserve a federal restriction on abortion, tensions near Taiwan, a failure to respond to a California oil leak. What happened Friday night? The court hears a case on whether to make torture details public, and a bombastic union leader is a target of a federal investigation. Was he involved in the January 6th uprising in Washington? With these and other stories, I'm Paul DiRienzo with the WBAI News for Wednesday, October 6th, 2021. France and the United States edged closer towards rapprochement today after the Biden administration's exclusion of France from a new Indo-Pacific security initiative. French President Emmanuel Macron and U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken met in Paris to discuss a scuttled multi-billion dollar French submarine contract with Australia. At a news conference after the meeting, Blinken said new and productive opportunities for collaboration were discussed.
1: From my perspective, the conversations we've had just
0: in the last 24 hours were very positive, very productive, and reflect a lot of important work that's in progress. Work that uh, was tasked by President Biden and President Macron to, as I say, deepen consultations, deepen cooperation, deepen uh, coordination across a range of issues that make a real difference for citizens of France and citizens of the United States. We're looking at very practical cooperation in a number of areas including in the sahel including with regard to euro-atlantic security and including in the indo-pacific it's evidence of the seriousness of purpose that we have Blinken was in Paris to co-chair a ministerial meeting of the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development about climate change and security. It was the highest level in-person contact between the two countries since the announcement of a three-way agreement between Australia, Britain and the United States known as AUKUS, AUKUS, that pointedly left out France and other European nations. And large numbers of Chinese Air Force fighter jets and bombers have been conducting drills near Taiwan in recent days. The People's Liberation Army has sent one hundred and forty eight warplanes into Taiwan's Air Defense Identification Zone during a week commemorating the seventy second anniversary of that nation's founding. Chairman Mao declared the People's Republic of China in Tiananmen Square, Beijing on october first, nineteen forty-nine. After the long Chinese civil war and devastation of World War II, the former Chinese Nationalist Army under Chiang Kai-shek was forced off the mainland, setting up a government on the island of Formosa now known as Taiwan. In 1972, President Richard Nixon met with Mao and started the detente between the two often warring nations. That's apparently cracking today. On Monday alone, 56 aircraft, including fighter jets and a dozen bombers, made sorties into the Taiwan monitored buffer zone. Defense analysts noted that the mission stopped short of Taiwan's airspace and say it was just a point of pride. On Independence Day. Meanwhile, President Biden addressed the aggressive flights today, but not until after he said he'd be willing to pass his two big budget bills without repeal of the anti-abortion Hyde Amendment. You
1: sign it if the Hyde Amendment isn't I'd
2: sign it either way, because the Hyde Amendment is anyway. What does it
3: mean to cut from the final bill now that they're agreed upon? Oh, I'm not, I'm not sure
2: yet. We're not over. It's not finished yet.
3: Are Democrats considering using a nuclear option? to raise the debt limit using a carve-out with the filibuster to raise the debt limit? Oh, I think that's
2: a real possibility. Will
3: you be meeting with more lawmakers, with more yeah.
2: Democrats? I'll be on the phone so this is finished, and maybe meeting in person. Any comments would sign up provocation publication over Taiwan? Well, China has I've spoken with Xi about Taiwan. We agree we will abide by taiwan agreement that's who we are and we made it clear that i don't think he should be doing anything other than abiding by the agreement
0: and as president biden today on capitol hill meanwhile senate republican leader mitch mcconnell offered democrats a deal to raise u.s debt ceiling into december which would alleviate the immediate risk of a default and could push it into an end of the year political fight
2: in the past few days democrats in both the house and senate have publicly admitted their party could handle could handle the debt limit that way. Our colleagues have plenty of time to get it done before the earliest projected deadline. There would be potential for time agreements to wrap it up well before any danger. But the Democratic leaders wanted solutions. They wanted to turn their failure into everybody else's crisis playing risky games with our economy, using manufactured drama to bully their own members, indulging petty politics instead of governing.
0: McConnell has demanded Democrats use a process known as reconciliation to raise a debt limit without Republican votes. And as the Republican leader was speaking, Budget Committee Chair Senator Bernie Sanders defended his goal of a $3.5 billion billion Back Better plan, even after a weekend of claiming he's ready to compromise on the amount. He says it's greedy business interests that are blocking a plan popular with the people.
2: This is the corruption of American politics. The pharmaceutical industry is currently spending hundreds of millions of dollars on lobbying, on campaign contributions, on advertising to oppose this bill because they do not want to have us lower the outrageously high cost of prescription drugs in America. The health insurance industry is spending a huge amount of money because they do not want us to expand Medicare to cover dental, hearing aids and eyeglasses. The fossil fuel industry, the coal companies and the oil companies are spending millions of dollars despite the fact that the scientists are virtually unanimous in telling us that we must end our dependence on fossil fuel and move to energy efficiency and sustainable energy if we are going to save this planet. And it goes without saying that the billionaire class and the large corporations are spending a fortune in opposition to this bill because they love the idea that some of the wealthiest people in this country and the largest corporations in a given year do not pay a nickel in federal income tax, and they're fighting to preserve that absurdity.
0: Meanwhile, Representative Pramila Jaipal, chair of the Progressive Caucus, says she won't support the reconciliation package if it includes the Hyde Amendment. And authorities say they've identified the source of an oil spill off the California coast that shuttered beaches and threatened wildlife. But more questions have arisen about the leak spewing up to 144,000 gallons of crude oil into the Pacific Ocean and onto the beaches of uh, California. The oil likely came from a 13-inch split in a 4,000-foot section of pipe pulled about 105 feet to the side. Authorities were notified late Friday of reports of an oil sheen at the site of the spill more than 12 hours before Amplify energy corporation the operator of the line reported it to state and federal officials coast guard captain
4: rebecca Orr. on friday evening the national response center released a notification to pollution response agencies to include the united states coast guard that was a report of an unknown sheen off with an unknown source offshore of huntington beach california Um, These types of reports are fairly typical for pollution response agencies uh, and they usually result in an initial investigation, which is what happened in this case. Uh, It is a phone investigation to contact the reporting source and determine um, any additional or amplifying information that will allow us to clarify and determine follow-up actions with that report. At that time as it approaches nightfall, sheens can be very difficult to see on the water the information from the reporting source that Coast Guard investigators spoke with was inconclusive.
0: Governor Gavin Newsom has declared a state of emergency, and dead birds and fish have already washed ashore. The leak has reignited debate over banning offshore oil drilling. And you're listening to the news on WBAI New York. I'm Paul Dirienzo. The United States Supreme Court heard arguments today in a case testing the limits of public disclosure about the CIA's secret torture program after the September 11th attacks. The case concerns whether a detainee at Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, who has never been charged with a crime, can subpoena testimony from the CIA contractors who his torture. Abu Zubaydah was the first prisoner held by the CIA to undergo extensive torture. But the court seems skeptical of requiring the government to divulge what it says is secret information, focusing on the methods of torture used against Abu Zubaydah, who was found to be innocent of terrorism by a congressional committee. The alleged torture took place in Poland at a secret CIA base called Site Blue. There's currently a criminal investigation of the site and the people who work there from Poland. Government lawyer Brian Fletcher says people who helped the United States expect the government to keep his promises of secrecy and protection.
5: Our nation's covert intelligence partnerships depend on our partners' trust that we will keep those relationships confidential. Respondents seek discovery that would compel a breach of that trust by confirming or denying the existence of an alleged CIA facility in Poland. And respondents seek that discovery not to vindicate any rights under US law, but instead in a discretionary Section 1782 application aimed at sending evidence abroad to a foreign investigation whose very purpose is to reveal and prosecute the alleged involvement of Polish officials in covert CIA activities. The CIA director explained why that compelled disclosure would seriously harm the national security. The Ninth Circuit should have afforded deference to that expert judgment, and it failed to do so because it made two fundamental legal errors. First, the Ninth Circuit undertook its own inquiry into whether the existence of the alleged facility was a secret, given public speculation on that subject. The question is not whether a court thinks that the information sought is secret in some abstract sense. It is whether compelled disclosure will harm the national security. Because there is a critical difference between speculation, even widespread speculation, and formal confirmation by people with first-hand knowledge. The court's second error, it held that two former contractors can be compelled to confirm or deny the existence of the facility under oath because they are not agents of the United States. But again, the question is not the contractor's status under domestic law. It is how their compelled testimony would affect national security. And again, the Ninth Circuit should have deferred to the CIA director's expert judgment that our allies and adversaries would view compelled testimony by these contractors as a serious breach of trust lawyer brian fletcher the lawyer representing abu
0: Zubaydah is david klein he tried to sidestep the issue of revealing classified information in this case the actual location of the torture site and get to the heart of the matter can torture by the government be kept secret
6: let me start by making one thing clear i'm not planning to ask did it happen in poland The Polish prosecutor already has information about that and doesn't need U.S. discovery on the topic. What he does need to know is what happened inside Abu Zubaydah's cell between December 2002 and September 2003. So I want to ask simple questions like, how was Abu Zubaydah fed? What was his medical condition? What was his cell like? And yes, was he tortured?
0: The case took a positive turn for Klein in a question from Justice Stephen Breyer. He asked, why can't Abu Zubaydah just testify himself?
6: Abu Zubaydah cannot testify. Why not? He, he's, because he's being held incommunicado. He's been held in Guantanamo. Why? Why? Just out of, I mean, I'm not sure this is relevant, but I mean, in Hamdi, we said you could hold people in Guantanamo. Uh, the words were active combat operations against Taliban fighters apparently are going on in Afghanistan. Well, they're not anymore. So, so what's the? Why is he there? Uh, That's a question to put to the government. We don't know the answer. I mean, have you filed a a habeas or something? Get him out. There's been a habeas proceeding pending in D.C. for the last 14 years. There's been been no action. They don't decide it. I'm sorry. I mean, you just let it sit there. All right. no, I guess this well, is not uh, relevant, I, I, but I'm I, just curious. Personally, I'm not handling that proceeding, but no, we're, we're, my understanding is that we've, we've done everything we could to, to move it forward, but it simply has not moved forward.
0: And that is David Klein, the attorney for Abu Zubaydah in front of the Supreme Court today. Habeas corpus means present the body. In the argument's final minutes, Justice Neil Gorsuch urged the government's lawyer to allow Abu Zubaydah to testify. Why not make the witness available, Justice Gorsuch asked Brian Fletcher, the acting U.S. Solicitor General. What is the government's objection to the witness testifying to his own treatment? And closer to home, New York elected officials gathered today in downtown Manhattan to speak about the recent rise in hate crimes in New York City and the state and how fear of being attacked is affecting people's lives. Linda Perry reports.
4: New Governor Kathy Hochul stood before a backdrop. It read, we are New York. Hate has no home here. The place, the Museum of Jewish Heritage in Battery Park. The Jewish History Museum, which displays 4,000 years of art and Jewish culture.
3: This place is a stark reminder of what happens when hate goes unchallenged. The history is long, the history is sad, the history is painful. And as someone who actually spent some time visiting concentration camps and other places where atrocities occurred... Uh, It's still almost unfathomable to us today in 2021. What we learned from way back, earlier in the past century, is if those seeds are not destroyed and crushed early before they bloom even further, then you have much worse to deal with. I sometimes feel those seeds are starting to grow. And I see that when I know of the fear that people have of being physically assaulted. It can be emotional sometimes to think of what someone like that little boy had to think about as he was going to school. Is he going to be okay? Or an elderly uh, person in Chinatown afraid to take the subway. I heard so many people say they're afraid to go get vaccines because they'd have to get on a subway and they're afraid of being assaulted in this very city.
4: Alongside Governor Hochul in the Museum of Jewish Heritage in Battery Park, Manhattan Borough President Gail Brewer thanks the museum for their note about hope at a very terrible time in the city.
7: I remember during the pandemic, there was a hate
4: sign on the door of this
7: museum. And I remember that the school across the street came to the front of the museum, and students, little ones about this big, same size probably as you men at the yeshiva, had written support for the museum, how much they loved the museum, and how much gathering meant. And for all of us from the museum, from the community, this was a hopeful, although it started with a horrible hate sign, it was the kind of futuristic gathering that we all needed at that moment. It was
4: right in the middle of the pandemic. This year, according to the NYPD, there have been 371 hate-related incidents targeting Jews, Asians, the Latinx, Black, and queer communities. And Brewer points out that there's an untold number of hate crimes that go unreported. She says it's an epidemic. Almost
7: no week goes by without an assault on a New Yorker because of what they look like, what language they speak, or whom they love. And I'm really, just like everyone else, outraged, upset that in a city that is famous for being the place people come to escape persecution. In some cases, they are scared to just leave their homes. And I'm also upset and outraged that vulnerable New Yorkers are being left to protect themselves. Under your leadership and all leadership, that's not going to happen. Whether it's last month's anti-Semitic graffiti on the FDR Drive, or Asian Americans being attacked on the subway or in Chinatown or East Harlem or elsewhere. I've gone to too many rallies and vigils where we're fighting for basic decency, where the message has been, just keep your hands to yourself, just let your neighbors live. Is that too much to ask? No. Everyone deserves to feel safe on our streets, on our transit, in our
4: workplaces, Manhattan Borough President Gail Brewer. New York State has rolled out a new website to report hate crimes. If you are a victim of a hate crime, please visit this site, ny.gov slash hatehasnohome. Linda Perry, WBAI News, New York.
0: Thanks, Linda. Edward Mullins, president of the 13,000-member Sergeants Benevolent Association, left a job he's held for nearly 20 years after federal investigators raided the union's Manhattan and Washington, D.C. headquarters and his Long Island home. The Sergeants Benevolent Association, the self-professed fifth-largest police union in the nation, said their boss was apparently the target of a federal investigation. That was confirmed by NYPD Commissioner Dermot Shea today, who appeared with Mayor de Blasio at a press conference touting the decrease in crime in new york city
2: regarding yesterday's incident with the fbi i would just what i will say on this is that the nypd internal affairs bureau and the fbi work jointly on a task force as a result of that work um, you saw uh, some of the the, um, investigative um, powers being exercised yesterday it is an ongoing case and I will not comment any further beyond that.
0: Police Commissioner Dermot Shea. Mullins had pledged war on de Blasio and blamed him for police deaths, then posted an arrest report on Twitter for the mayor's daughter, Chiara, after she was arrested at a George Floyd protest in June 2020. De Blasio shot back, calling the union head a liar.
1: I don't know what the specific arrest is for, but I do know this is someone who attempted consistently to divide this city who used uh, language that was disrespectful, that often created a divisive atmosphere, that did not comport with being a representative of this city. And now on top of it, obviously, there's something else going on. So I want to be clear that my comments predated anything with the FBI. I think what's happened here and the fact that his own union immediately demanded he resign is quite an obvious statement.
0: A strong Trump supporter with a QAnon coffee cup on his desk, Mullins was outspoken against protesters after the murder of George Floyd. He expressed his distaste towards de Blasio on Laura Ingram's Fox News show the night after the murder of George Floyd.
1: NYPD is losing the city of New York, and we have no leadership in the city of New York right now. From City Hall through the brass of the NYPD, the men and women are being pelted with rocks, bricks, cars lit on fire, and this is continuous. We have a curfew that's been implemented tonight at 8 o'clock, and everyone is still out rioting in the streets of New York. If President Trump is watching this, I am asking the President to please Please immediately send federal personnel to New York City and monitor what is going on. If Governor Cuomo does not implement the National Guard immediately, then the federal government is going to have to step in. The NYPD is more than capable of addressing what's going on in the city of New York, but our hands are being tied. The rank and file members of all ranks have sent me numerous emails, letters, text messages, photos of how New York. City is being destroyed. We have no leadership coming from City Hall. We are being told to stand down. This is the far left's um, version of broken windows.
0: has also expressed a veiled threat towards activists demanding police accountability after the deaths of people in police custody.
1: If you want to hold the police accountable, then the police are going to hold you accountable. And that's the way it's got to go both ways. You can't spit in the wind and not expect it to blow back at
0: you. And another outburst from Mullins came after a speech by filmmaker Quentin Tarantino. I am a human being with a conscience. And when I see murder, I cannot stand by. And I have to call the murdered, the murder, and I have to call the murderers the murderers. And Mullins attempted to organize
1: a boycott of Tarantino's movie at the time, The Hateful Eight. He's talking about murder. I think right now it is a big play on words. If you look at all of his movies and almost every movie he has uh, you know, written and, and directed, um, police officers are being shot in those movies. This boycott... Is growing across the country. In California, it's picking up. Uh, 11 major unions in California, the Public Sector Alliance, that is a coordinator for uh, law enforcement groups and labor unions across the country, are now exploring investments of most of these financial institutions that support yep. the Tarantino to look into the pension funds. So, you know, th- what's occurring here is wrong. And no uh, severe or significant boycott
0: ever did materialize against the movie. Mullins reportedly takes down two six-figure salaries, one from the NYPD and another from the Union. And that's on the news for Wednesday, October 6, 2021. The news is produced with Linda Perry. Our engineer is Reggie Johnson. From New York City, I'm Paul DiRienzo. Thanks for listening.